You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Brandy Stark. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and this is a part two to the prior episode we did on the Paranormal Pets presentation at Pinellas Comic and Maker Con. That did happen this weekend. I am sad to say that I had a very hard time getting anyone to tell me their ghost stories, particularly on recording. I mean, I did get some, but people just did not want to be recorded. So what we're going to do is basically work on some of the episode's backlog now. Of paranormal pet stories that I have gotten in. We might add in an unusual ghost story or two if we can find one. Otherwise, I will tell you that my own paranormal pugs are with me tonight, so any noise that you hear is the beauty of the pug. So uh, we are being serenaded by snores, but that's okay. If they start snoring and start running, I will go with them based on some of these ghost stories, which we will get started with right after these messages. Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. Well, 
As I said, uh, the Pinellas Comic and Maker Con was very interesting. I did get in to talk about paranormal pets. I did have a small technical glitch using one of the library computers and um, lost about 15 minutes of my initial PowerPoint presentation because we couldn't get it hooked up to the internet and to download. These things happen and that's why we practice what we're going to say. So I didn't need the PowerPoint, but we did skip a little bit of it and then kind of caught up. It wasn't the smoothest presentation I've ever made. It was not the worst. So, And I did seem to have a really good audience. They seemed to enjoy the stories and the different comments. And I did get a few stories from the audience members. Of course, one of my very favorite re- responses was, well, we're a paranormal investigation group, and we don't know what the spirits of St. Petersburg is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for, you know, reminding me that despite the fact that we're one of the oldest groups in the area, apparently nobody knows us. But that's okay. <laughs> so, So we're not out for the fame, Uh, we're out for the education, and you know how well that goes, right? So anyhow, I do have a a multitude of stories, we'll see how far this takes us, might be a short episode, but I did at least want to get these out and uh, really get them out in time for Halloween. So one is actually for the Paranormal Pets page, and it is also for the Paranormal Pugs website, and it is called Lady the Pug. A lady who was a pug rescue came into our lives in 2007. She was crippled by arthritis in her hips and she was not able to walk well. She was often carried from place to place in the house because of this. She did not walk much. Sometimes her nails would get a little long because they weren't wearing down. When that happened, they would just catch a tiny bit in the Berber carpet in the den when she walked from her bed besides my chair to the kitchen. She also had a habit of getting out of her bed to lie on the Sunday paper that would be beside my chair. Lady passed away on August 8th of 2015 in her bed on the floor next to me. Since there have been some strange things that have happened, they make us think that she's not far away. In the den, the AC and overhead fan are always on. Twice the Sunday paper has been seen to move, a corner of it lifting up and then settling down. The corner that moves is facing away from the fan and the AC vent, and there are no drafts to explain the movement. Recently, I was sitting in my chair reading, and I heard the unmistakable sound of her little nails catching ever so slightly in the rug for four or five steps, which would have put her right at the entrance to the kitchen. She would often stop there and lie down, watching my son as he was on the computer in the back room for a few minutes before going up to go out to him. Neither my son nor I have seen her any movement other than what is described above. Now, first of all, my initial response is always support your rescue groups. I actually did meet this pug and I I helped to place her. She was a fantastic little pug, but we actually did not have a lot on her background. As I recall, she had been kenneled and she actually had some of the webbed feet from being in a kennel for too long. And I, I think she was used as a breeder, but when she came here... Uh, With Pug Rescue, we were not able to foster her because we did not have a, at that time, a standalone room with its own air conditioning system. You have to watch for kennel cough, and kennel cough is highly contagious. It's basically a cold, a little bit worse maybe, for canines, highly contagious. And of course, because we do Pug Rescue, we have mostly the older pugs. And so this is certainly a situation that you don't want to get involved in. So Mary very graciously took lady and they had a, a pretty long run together. Mary had had pugs before and she has actually told me some of her pug stories which are pretty funny but anyhow I just thought that was an interesting tale to add to some of the Halloween stuff that is going on. It wouldn't surprise me because she was kind of a staple of that household for quite some time before she passed on. All right, 
So our second series is from a friend of mine, an artist friend of mine, named Jolly E. Bonnet. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. If not, I apologize immensely. But she does say, feel free to use these as you please. Just credit them to me. I've had pets from the time I was five until just recently. I've always bonded with them on a level I achieve with precious few human beings. They are more like my friends and children than just pets, as most people consider them. I've loved and lost many animals in 45 years, but I haven't truly lost them. Often they come back, and sometimes not in a solid form. I've had all manner of things happen, from phantom clicking of claws on the tile to spectral rabbits racing through the kitchen and the tickle of little furry bodies against my calf in greeting. These are just a few of the experiences I've accrued. Dooks from beyond. I got interested in ferrets around the year 2000. From that time on, I had ferrets. I went through seven of them, all told. It was both a great joy and a great sorrow. They are bright, vibrant, lively little creatures that will make you laugh to the point you almost pee your pants. However, they're also frail and poor breeding in the pet trade, which has made them extremely susceptible to pancreatic and kidney cancers, adrenaline disease, and immunodeficiency issues. They can also tend to be rather short-lived. So I went through pairs and singles as one or another would get sick or die or just pass from age. After all of that, I decided having to provide their hospice care was taking too great a toll on me and that I just couldn't do it anymore no matter how much I enjoyed the dear little things. My third pair, Lilo and Nani, had been adopted to keep Elder Freya company after we lost my first female Loki and rescues Raymond and Noodles to adrenaline disease and pancreatic cancer. Ferrets are very social creatures and they do better when they are part of a group called a business. It's an amusing term considering the only business a ferret ever gets up to is monkey business. It wasn't until the third pair that I actually realized the previous ferrets were still with us. After Freya passed due to a combination of age and adrenal disease, we had been forced to get a new cage for the girls because Nani, ever the terror of the house, had figured out that she could pry open the door of the old cage. No matter what I did to secure it, she figured out how to squeeze her way out. We moved to a new apartment not long after. we just gotten settled into our slightly bigger place and were flopped on the sofa watching TV as the girls dozed on one of the lower levels of their deluxe condo. I felt and heard a faint rustle behind my head. Apparently, my boyfriend felt it too. We both followed the sound as it moved from the back of the sofa towards the new ferret cage. Then, with a jangle of metal clips that hung from, the hammock in the top of the cage moved as if a ferret had run across it. I caught a glimpse of a whitish streak zooming through the cage, and we both heard the distinct duke, duke, duke sound. Hmm, hopefully, I'm doing that correctly too. Of a ferret doing the weasel war dance. We just kind of blinked, looked at each other, and started laughing. I said, hmm, apparently we have ghost ferrets. He said, well, that explains some of the stuff I've been seeing and hearing. And we went on about our relaxation time. It's funny how you get used to the weirdness that can creep into your life. The next part is the cat came back. Right before I moved north to New Jersey to live with my best friend and her partner, my 14-year-old cat Pixie went into kidney failure and had to be humanely euthanized on New Year's Day 2012. I was devastated. I'd gotten her as a tiny kitten that did not even fill up the palm of my hand. Not long after my mother passed, she was a sanity keeper. Without her, I'm pretty sure I would have had a total breakdown while I was in mourning. Pixie and I went through a lot together. I managed to keep her even though being first totally homeless and then extremely nomadic for about two years. She stayed with me through numerous moves and a few relationships that went bad. She grew up and gradually went from an energetic, playful, and capricious thing who lived up to her name to a sassy old woman who took no guff. We got on well because we were both a couple of cranks who had had quite enough foolishness and refused to put up with it any longer. With all of that 
we had been through. I wasn't at all surprised when a few days after she had been put down, I felt the all too familiar sensation of Pixie jumping onto the bed in front of my belly. As she always had, she crept her way around at my feet and then up along my back. In her usual bratty manner, she trod on my pillow, pulling my hair. She had circled back around to curl at the small of my back and to settle in and purr. Later, I was awakened by the familiar sound of her dropping to the floor and then jumping up onto my computer chair. In the morning, she continued her rituals by bouncing on my head at the usual wake-up time so I could feed her. I was wondering if this was going to continue once I moved away from Texas. Not only did it continue, but Pixie also decided that now she had her Auntie Beth and Sissy Fuzzy around again, that she should pester them as well. Not long after I got my room set up, I was passing from the hall to my best friend's room and caught a glimpse of the bright white pixie sitting in the dark upholstered computer chair out of the corner of my eye. That was my first clue that she'd been following me. That night, I felt her creeping around the bed. A week later, I heard my friend yelp and went rushing to her thinking she'd had hurt herself. I found her giggling and saying, your cat decided to come in and tickle my leg. She told me she felt something brush her leg when it was hanging down off the bed and caught a glimpse of Pixie's mottled tail disappearing into her bed. Every now and then, her cat fuzzy acts as if something has pounced on her while nothing is around her. Sometimes I'll see things that hang on my wall suddenly sway as if swatted. Less often, at night especially, I will hear the little burbling sounds, which are her usual vocalization. With Fuzzy being rather elderly and somewhat psycho old Shih Tzu in the house, we just can't take in another pet. It would be too crowded and not good for the two elders. I figure she's waiting around for the time when she can take on physical form again. When it's time, I'll happily have her back. I know she's waiting still because I will often see her white and calico shape under my best friend's bed when I'm there talking to her or feel the distinct weight of a cat jumping onto the back of my chair as she used to when she was younger. And she, boy, she sent in a lot of information. This is great, right? Uh, the third one is the Spectral Bandit. When I moved north to live with my best friend in New Jersey, knowing that I was sensitive to spirits, she warned me that there was at least one she was aware of in the house. She said there was an old man who seemed to just kind of move through the house checking on things. What she didn't know was that there was actually more than just the old man. It didn't take me long to realize it, but having been around ghosts since I was a child because the ability to communicate with them, which runs in the family, it didn't bother me. They can startle me at times, making a sudden loud noise or rushing at my face in dim light, but they don't scare me. So I got settled in, pretty much ignoring the occasional knocks, footsteps, or shadows moving in rooms, which I knew were empty. The problem with being able to see and communicate with ghosts is that they know it, and they're always trying to get your attention. They can get pretty annoying at times, actually. There was a week when I kept hearing what sounded like things being knocked over in the kitchen and the living room. Sometimes it sounded like all the plastic containers in one of the cabinets were crashing and skittering across the floor. There's a cat in the house, but she's old and generally doesn't jump up on the shelves and counters. She also can't get into the cabinets. If I'd go to look for, I'd find nothing out of place and just write it off. The cats would be passed out cold in my best friend's room or on the sofa. I figured with electronics in my room, I might be getting some harmonic matrixing effect, hearing noises from outside or something along those lines. Being accustomed to weirdness, I just go with the flow. Well, one night, I'd had a bowl of ice cream for a late snack. I stepped out to take the dish back to the kitchen. After my best friend and her wife go to bed, the house is pretty much dark from my door to the other end. As I made my way to the switch at the end of the hall to turn on the light, I heard some noises coming from the kitchen. 
At first I thought it was just the dog in there getting some food. It sounded like that. But then I turned on the hall light and realized the dog was on the sofa. I heard more noises. He looked from the kitchen and then looked at me and kind of shivered. I scowled, thinking maybe the cat was in there. So I went quickly across the living room, figured I'd startle her out of whatever she was getting into. I reached up to pull the chain on the light in the ceiling fan, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a large shape perched on the counter next to the stove. I was just about to yell at the cat when I realized the shape was much too big to be a cat. I jumped, thinking that somehow the critter had gotten into the house and immediately turned to face to see what it was. What I saw was a big raccoon on the counter. It looked solid at first, then I realized I couldn't smell it. I know they have a very distinct musky smell because I had one get into the outdoor storage closet once. I looked closer and noticed it was somewhat transparent. I could faintly see the blender through it. I said, hey you, what do you think you're doing in our kitchen? It looked startled and turned, sitting up on its haunches. Its eyes were faintly luminous green like a flashlight beam that was being pointed into them. It had paws on its chest, and I got the impression of ears flicking and nose twitching. It struck me as kind of a funny sight right then that I was standing there at 2 in the morning chasing a ghost raccoon in the kitchen. I started to laugh softly. Well, go on then. Get out. I made a shooing motion. You're not allowed in the house. It then hopped off the counter and sort of dissipated through the floor like smoke as it hit. Then I've seen it a few times since, though he exits the house pretty quickly when he realizes it's me coming into the kitchen. I think it's something about the age of human colonization and just the sheer number of paranormal entities locally which makes this house so active. Now, we not only have my ghost cat, Pixie, and my ferrets making occasional appearances, the latter often duking across my bed and vanishing into the corner behind it, we also have the Shih Tzu dog which belonged to my best friend's wife haunting the place. A couple of days after he had to be put to sleep due to being very old and starting to suffer, she vacuumed the living room. The next day as she went to work, I walked through the living room to go to get my morning tea and noted dog footprints the size of her dog's foot, too large to be one of the living cats in the house, in and among the vacuum tracks around the recliner, as well as typical marks he would make in the carpet by rolling on his back to scratch. I've heard the clicking of his claws behind me in the kitchen while I'm cutting vegetables. He was a notorious tomato, cucumber, and carrot fiend, so he's come into the kitchen and practically tap-danced with excitement, knowing I would give him things like the end of cucumbers and tomatoes or toss a baby carrot to him. We also hear him snuffling up and down the hall. Sometimes he would do this when anyone was in the bathroom. A couple of times now I've heard him scratch at my door or faintly heard his I need to go out bark from the kitchen. I don't think he quite realizes he's not living yet. Additionally, we've been seeing enormous black fuzzy cat, uh, which seems to enjoy doing things like jumping down into a room from the ceiling to startle you. I've come to realize that the tiny shadows I've been seeing around the place are probably chipmunks by the way they move. There are a few ghost rabbits as well that we see scurrying down the hall on occasion. The funny thing is, the living wild animals seem to be a lot more at ease on the property since I've been here too. I've actually sat on the back with one of my drums and my headphones to get a little bit of drum time in since I'm getting rusty from not playing much. All of a sudden, there will be squirrels and chipmunks and birds and even young little rabbits wandering in the yard as if I wasn't even there. It's quite odd. I kind of feel like I'm becoming some sort of weird necromantic version of Snow White with all of her animal friends. So those stories were submitted by Jolie B. And she's actually an artist. So if you get a chance, please check out her website, J-O-L-I-E-B-O-N-N-E-T-T-E dot com. I actually have some of her t-shirts. She makes these beautiful designs. My favorite is her griffin, but she was also kind enough to send in a few of her stories. So what we're going to do at this point 
is we are going to take a break, record some commercials, and then when we get back, I will continue on with the last few submissions of the paranormal pet stories that I've gotten. So we will continue this right after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo! Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back. We will continue on with some of our wonderful stories. I am happy to say at this point that when I type in paranormal shadow animals, my website on shadow animals comes up. So that is something to celebrate, let me tell you. It's also interesting that I get my own category because when I first started tapping in shadow animals, all I would get would actually be how to make shadow animals with your hands. Now there is, uh, now granted, it's like the fourth entry when you start typing shadow animals in the URL line or the search line, but the fourth line down is, it says shadow animals, shadow animals with hands, shadow animals with your hands, shadow animals paranormal. (laughs) So we are in the system and my website comes up first and actually so does Pet Life Radio. (laughs) So that's awesome. All right. So one thing that I did do with the shadow animals page was to add in a newest entries page so that folks would not have to kind of keep going back and forth. I think I told you the first three, but I did get another entry here. Shadow animals reporting from Turkey. October 1st, this came in. Well, since, well, for a long time, we promised each other that we wouldn't tell anyone what we saw that night because even if we tell, nobody would believe us. Until I saw your website today, then decided to write you. This thing is real, even if people believe us or they don't believe us. I mean, the shadow things. It was three o'clock in the morning, weather was clear, and it was summertime. Me and my other journalist friend were returning to our home from the newspaper building with my car. 
Now, I'm assuming there's some issues with translation, so I've been cleaning up a little bit of grammar. It was a long work day. But this writer is very specific to say we had not drunk alcohol. It was forbidden, so they're not drunk. They haven't taken anything. It was just a long work day. I was driving in my car, and my friend was sitting at the passenger's front side. I was driving downtown street with a two-way street divide with a flower median in between. When I saw the red light, I had to stop, and I was chatting with my friend, and both of our eyes were looking at the street and the traffic light. Suddenly, our blood stopped inside of our veins. There was a black, large human, a gorilla-shaped, blurry shape. (laughs) There we go. It passed the street in two steps or in two jumps. It was real. When he or she, I can't say which, jumped and landed on the pavement, there wasn't any noise. It was completely silenced. My gosh, it was really scary. We were scared that the thing may come to us, but it didn't happen. It just passed the street with the two jumps within seconds and vanished in front of our eyes. Words are not enough to describe it. When that thing vanished, we... (laughs) just had to look at each other with silence. I had to push the gas and turn from being able to see that black shadow again. We looked uh, around, turned our long beams on and looked at the location, but it was not there. We looked at each other, believe it or not, we shook our heads at the same time. We told each other not to tell anyone because nobody would believe us. Shadow animals or people are real. I saw this with my own eyes and my friends too. And you can publish this report. So I have an interesting little story to add in. Okay. There was one more section of stories that I had to add in on Facebook. There is a lovely paranormal group that I've really enjoyed. They are the how to explain this? Back in the old days, there weren't many groups. There was really nobody locally that I could talk to. And so I do know in something like 1998, I had joined what was then a listserv. And I think this was through Yahoo Discussions. And it was basically a group that talked about ghosts. So it was really a lifesaver for me because I had nobody to talk to. My mother was a skeptic. My father was an engineer. I was still in college, but I found this stuff fascinating. So this group kind of disbanded because the E-lists really died over a period of time and they have reformed now on Facebook. So one post that they actually had, and I have permission from at least a couple of people to tell their stories, Ellen and Amy, these are their stories. Ellen actually said, I have seen and heard ghosts of animals much more often than humans. All of my pets have come back to say goodbye, and one cat came back to taunt me. Amy adds, I have yet to see our recently deceased cat, but we can both frequently feel a small animal jump up on the bed and walk around us or lay next to us. She developed cancer and she had to be put to sleep in April. We do have a new cat now and she's much heavier and we close our door at night. She doesn't come into our room. I did see a ghost cat once in my parents' old house. I had snuck into my older sister's bedroom to listen to her radio and it was twining itself between the legs of her desk chair and then it disappeared. It was a very long-haired cat, like a Persian, but we never had a Persian ourselves. But the house itself was built in the 1800s. 
Ellen adds, the funniest experience I ever had was with a feline cat we owned. She died at home and was it was an unexpected death. We named her sister, but believe me, she felt no sense of sisterhood with any females present in the house. She was a rescue and may have been abused. Anyway, she loved all men and loved my son so much that she would sit outside his bedroom door and scream his name until he would let her in. Yes, she could say his name. She would yell for hours until he would relent and open the door. She was that determined. I would never allow her into my room because at the time I owned a waterbed. Claws and waterbeds are not a good combination. It was a constant competition between us. She was determined to get in just because I didn't want her there. Well, after she passed away, we saw her in several locations, mostly in the living room and on the stairways leading to my son's room. But then a few months after she passed, I was standing at the foot of my bed talking to my daughter when suddenly a cat came flying through the air right between us and disappeared right before she hit the bed. I looked at my daughter and said, did you see that? She said, yes, it was sister. Later, it struck us as funny because she was just trying to show us that she could get in if she wanted to. We never saw her in that room again, but she roamed the rest of the house for quite a while. Ellen adds that it's one of her favorite stories because it was her personality coming through so plainly, like, ha-ha, I won, and it's the only time the two of us saw something together, so we were confident we weren't losing our minds. This was also in response to an article that was posted about animal apparitions. And this will be our concluding statement for this podcast. Hooray! The ghosts of animals may be as common as the ghosts of humans. There are many reports from people who have sensed, felt, smelled, heard, and even seen these spirits of their recently departed pets. Nina, for example, had just such an experience with a cat named Andy, which was her companion for 19 years. Like human ghosts, animal ghosts can sometimes appear to lend comfort. And this article actually comes from a a source entitled Animal Ghost Apparitions from the horror movie blog. It's actually a pretty nice compilation. They have imagery online about a really old 1916 photograph that allegedly shows a ghost dog. It was taken by a Scotland Yard retired policeman, if you will, and allegedly there was no dog in the photograph, which I think is kind of interesting. The entry is posted by Nadia Vela on October 7th, uh, 2015, and actually it's a pretty well-written piece. She does have a section on strange animal apparitions, shadow animals. She actually did not know about my website, which is always very disappointing. So here we are again, kind of back at square one, but she does mention something about shadow animals. I don't know. Let's see here. A phantom cat has joined our home recently. My mom, my sister, and I have all seen it. It is like a dark shadow. I actually thought it was a cat running under the kitchen table. Uh, The last to join us is a black lizard. My sister spotted it in our basement. My mom also saw it there. It was very clearly defined, not a shadow like the cat. There are no lizards around in the middle of winter where I live. They are there one second and vanish the next. Could these animals be manifestations of negative energy? Another reader has even reported seeing chicken shadow ghosts. Ultimately, I did send her my website and said, hey, you know, if you'd like to learn more, here you go. And she kindly wrote back and friended me on Facebook. So if you get a chance, you can read the full article. I just did two very short excerpts. But again, it is the horrormoviesblog.com. And I believe that you can find a lot of this under her resources. So with that, I think we are caught up. 
So I am sorry that we did not get multiple voices to at least express some of their points of view on what has happened with their paranormal pets, but at least I was still able to tell you these stories and that's all that matters. Ultimately, I am going to say, please remember to support your local rescues. I'm actually quite delighted to have discovered a Florida rat lovers and rescue group through Facebook. And I do know that St. Petersburg College Vet Tech program has about 12 rats that they have up for adoption. These rats are not experimented on, but they are used to teach up and coming vet techs on how to handle rodents and how to sex them. I do find that second part kind of interesting because rodents are very, very obvious about their genders, but okay. So if you have any interest, uh, please let me know. Otherwise, hopefully the Florida Rat Rescue will get organized. I will probably end up adopting one or two myself. Unfortunately, the very last of my hairless brothers who were rescued about three years ago, uh, but he is preparing to pass on. So again, always support your rescues. The only time you shouldn't support them is when there is no need for a rescue. So until next time, if I get some more paranormal stories, hopefully we'll get one more podcast out. But if not, I wish you a very happy and haunting Halloween. Take care. Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.